Welcome to Breaking Paradigms, a podcast where we talk about global perspectives on spatial planning in practice and theory by Constance Frech and Sarah Kouchy. In this episode, I want to invite you on a mental journey. Please think of the last city you went as a visitor. Now, think of the place you live at the moment. How do people use the public space at those places? How do they move in the public transportation stations during rush hours? What about festival times? Are there typical traditions? Are the two places I just asked you to think of the same? Nowadays, most scientists who do research in cities agree that there are various key elements and factors which are needed for a city to persist. Many sources speak of social diversity, resource and income benefits, physical demarcation, existence of rural land in the surrounding, coexisting of other cities, monumental buildings, documentation of formation and the continuity of human and built existence. Those factors are all more or less fulfilled in every city in the world. So, every city in the world is the same? No, we know that this is not the case. Every city has its own atmosphere, flair and vibe. Hamburg is not Vienna and Mumbai is not New York. Everyone agrees on that, but the common sense was never investigated scientifically. Until Martina Löw and Helmut Berking from DU Darmstadt decided to change that. They coined the theory of Eigenlogik, one could translate with intrinsic logic to English. They wanted to find out what is it what creates that vibe and uniqueness every city has its own. Löw herself defines it by the following. The term intrinsic logic further refers to the idea that something general, a logic, such as urbanization, densification and heterogenization develops site-specific own connections and compositions. Or a structure that pervades a city like a grammar that subjects and enables all actions. Strongly connected to the intrinsic logic is the mental image. Please think of the capital of France, Paris. What pops up in your head? What images come to your mind? Maybe wide boulevards like Champs-Élysées leading to Arc de Triomphe? Cathedral of Notre Dame? Eiffel Tower? Why is that? Paris structure was mainly shaped by Haussmann in the middle of the 19th century. Notre Dame was built about 1100 and Eiffel Tower recently celebrated its 130th anniversary. So, nobody knows Paris without them or with a different shape. 
What else do you think of when Paris comes to your mind? Maybe people sitting enjoying their coffee in front of a little cafe? Michael Trieb defines the mental image as the following. The mental image is the mental substrate of what a human being abstracted consciously or unconsciously from reality in his own individual structuring. Now let's continue our journey to Asia. Shanghai. When one does an image search of Shanghai, mainly pictures of a modern skyline appear. The oldest of those towers is Oriental Pearl Tower, and it was opened in 1994. So, most of us could know Shanghai without them. I ask myself, what shapes the mental image of a city that changes its appearance that fast? But before we dive deeper into the topic, I'll give you some more information about Shanghai. Generally, Shanghai is divided into two parts, Pu Xi and Pu Dong. Xi means west and Dong means east. So Pu Xi is the west bank of Huangpu River and Pu Dong is the east bank of Huangpu River. Over Huangpu River lead two main bridges, Nanpu Bridge and Yangpu Bridge. Especially Nampu Bridge, with its big spiral ramp, is very famous. On Pushi side, the west bank of Huangpu, is the Bund. When people talk about the Bund, they normally talk about the pedestrian area along the riverside and its colonial buildings along the river. Right on the opposite, there's the peninsula of Luchazui. It's the place where the famous skyline of Shanghai is and it's home of the four famous towers of this city. Those four towers are Oriental Pearl Tower, Qin Mao Building, Shanghai Financial Center, also known as the Bottle Opener, and Shanghai Tower. This is the second highest tower in the world. The most important shopping road of Shanghai is Nanjing Road. It's divided in East Nanjing Road and West Nanjing Road. The most luxurious part is West Nanjing Road. In between is People's Square. There are various temples in Shanghai. The four most important ones are City God's Temple, Confucius Temple, Jade Buddha Temple and Xinan Temple. Another very important place of Shanghai is Yu Garden. It's a traditional Chinese garden in the city center. Due to colonial influence, there are also various churches in Shanghai. The most important ones are Shanghai Union Church and St. Ignatius Cathedral. Beside the two bridges I already mentioned, there's another infrastructural building which is iconic for Shanghai. It's Yan'an Elevated Road. It's an elevated express highway from Hongqiao International Airport to the Bund. 
To investigate the mental image of Shanghai, I ask myself the following questions. What shapes the current image of Shanghai? Which urban icons have the biggest influence on it? What characterizes the mental image that inhabitants have of Shanghai, a city that is constantly changing its visual appearance? And are there differences between the mental image of Shanghai's residents and the image Shanghai's postcard sell? To answer those questions, I developed my own methodology. First, I did a postcard study based on the experiment Löw once did in Hamburg, Frankfurt and Munich. And afterwards, I did a survey with questionnaires with residents. In the end, I drew a comparison. So, in the next part, I want to introduce my postcard study. The main results were the skyline of Luchetsui is the main motive. Skylines are more common to show than single buildings. Interestingly, infrastructure is an important motive. For example, the spiral ramp of Nampur Bridge is often shown. Interestingly, the churches are more present than temples, which is surprising than we are actually in Far East Asia. Pudong's development is rarely shown, which is surprising because it was actually impressively fast. As a next step, I conducted a survey and asked 202 people in Shuhui district about their opinion and their personal mental image. The most mentioned locations were Luchatsui, especially Oriental Pearl Tower, the Bund, so especially the pedestrian area, Huangpu River, which is not that surprising because it's a very important structuring element of the city, and City God's Temple, which is never shown on any postcard. But people didn't only mention places, they also mentioned descriptions for their city. They think that finances are very important to Shanghai and that Shanghai is a very prosperous city. They have the feeling that it's a very fast-paced city, but they think it's a very beautiful city. They have the feeling that they have a very fast-paced lifestyle. They have the feeling that it's a very international place, but it's also very crowded and sometimes even overcrowded. They feel a strong contrast, whether in buildings or lifestyles. Connected to that, they feel big changes they see every day in their city going on. But they have the feeling that's a very convenient place. Last but not least, many interviewees mentioned people. So apparently, the habits of the Shanghainese shape the mental image. Some people also described daily routine scenes. For example... Chaos while vivid morning time, or friendly people playing chessboard in front of a little grocery store, or mainly Chinese crowd in the foreground and Bund skyline in the background, or night view of the Bund and the crowd on Nanjing Road during festivals, or sunshine and the shadow of the leaves of the trees on the streets of Lilongs, or a person going by bike through a French concession with its narrow roads and green trees. Some people got even very poetic. One wrote, Shanghai is a girl in her early 20s, swinging in tradition and avant-garde, pulling in reality and dreams, fighting full of energy and exhaustion, lost in homesickness and struggle. And one thought of his childhood. I think of the sounds of Lilongs, children playing in the narrow alleys, vendors ringing the bell on their bikes, 
These are the memories of my childhood. So, what was the conclusion of the survey? Apparently, older sites are not more present despite their age. For example, the new towers are a lot more often mentioned than, for example, Yew Garden. The Oriental Pearl Tower is the most present tower, which is not that surprising because it's the oldest. And Shanghai is perceived as a very modern city with a lot of high-rise buildings, which is also not that surprising because only in 1991, the year I was born, there were only six buildings higher than 100 meters. Only 16 years later, there were more than 4,000 buildings higher than 100 meters. My overall conclusion of my study is that Shanghainese identify with Lu Zui and the Bund. Therefore, the marketing image is also carried by citizens. So, it's very credible for visitors. The mental image, on the one hand, and the intrinsic logic, on the other, cannot be considered as detached from each other. So, one can see that the intrinsic logic has a strong influence on the mental image. Habits and daily life are reflected in the mental image. So Shanghai is a lot more than its sights. Shanghai is contrast and Shanghai is life on the streets. Human beings are visual animals. Therefore, most central impressions we connect to a city perception are images and visual impressions. But a city is perceived with all five senses and all five senses need to be satisfied that one feels comfortable. Imagine a beautiful Mediterranean square, middle-aged brick buildings, an impressive Gothic church. You sit in the shade of an umbrella, enjoying a coffee, but there's a smelly public toilet disturbing your stay. How nice would it be if you'd only smell your coffee and some fruit stands? After a long sightseeing day, you decide to walk along a city's river. The promenade you walk along has no lawn and the path is, has pebbles. Then you see a metal rail you want to sit on, but it's heated by the all-day sun. Wouldn't it be nice to lie down on the soft grass or sit down on a comfy bench? And now imagine a big urban park in the center of a city. You lie down on the lawn, grass tickles your skin, Sun kisses your cheeks. But suddenly... Most people think that a city is a noisy place with only uncomfortable sound. But aren't there nice sounds of a city? Sounds that make you smile? Barking of street dogs, bells of churches, songs of buskers, shouts of street vendors, ringing of bikes, cars and buses, sounds of the cities are endless. As every city has its own mental image, 
I claim also every city has its own sound. Tones, noise, chimes, sounds and melodies that only belongs to one certain place. What does your city sound like? Be part of the conversation and describe or record the typical sound of your city and let the people guess what city it is. This was Breaking Paradise by Constanze Frech and Sarah Couchet. Be part of the conversation. Connect with us on Facebook, YouTube and at breakingparadigms.org. Special thanks to our supporters on Patreon. Thomas Fischer. If you like what we do, consider supporting us and join our Patreon community. Content and editing by Constanze Frech and Sarah Couchet. Sound design by Didac Barroso and Florian Frech.